with softness Well, I'm messing about it once again And I think it's the same, yes Well, I heard Mr. Young sing about her Well, I heard Emil put her down Well, I hope Emilian will remember I saw the man turning him around And it all Sweet home Alabama Where the skies are so blue Sweet home Alabama Lord, I'm coming home to you They're going on And now we'll take what we could do Now what I get us about me Not the conscience but you Tell the truth Sweet home Alabama Where the skies are so
Hello, I'm Embedu, and you're listening to the Lookout Guy podcast with Mike Tobin.
Well, praise Jesus. Thank you for joining me once again on The Lookout Guy. I am Michael Tobin, your Lookout Guy. And the song you just heard was from Anne Videe of Russia. You know her from a few of my previous episodes uh, featuring the music of Anne Videe. She is a phenomenal multi-instrumentalist. She plays uh, all types of violins, piccolo, keyboard, piano, uh, fiddle, and she has a wonderful voice. She sings and writes songs. That song, My Piccolo, is from Bongo Boys Records, Volume 1, Kids with a Z and Cats with a Z. Kids and Cats, volume number one from Bongo Boys Records. And you could look up Bongo Boys Records and and find that album for your kids, for yourself, and go ahead and purchase it. And you can look up Ann Videe on Spotify, YouTube. Uh, Her name is spelled A-N for Ann and Videe, V-E-D-I. So, in the past uh, episodes that I have featured Anvidee, man, I am—I just cannot get enough of her music. Uh, she's a new friend of mine, and for my podcast, and the whole vast array of indie artists that I've been featuring for the past couple of years. Of uh, the last one I did was Anvidee and Antonio Vergara from their indie album brand new indie album instrumental uh it's kind of a eh, somewhat of a challenge of, uh, to say it's amasama spelled a-m-a-x-a-m-a and you could find that on apple music amixama and much more of anvidee's music so apple music spotify youtube wherever streaming is found so and i call myself the lookout guy because i am looking out for things that you could use and we all could use music in fact i in a conversation that i had with her uh, online i told her about my last podcast that i featured there was some what we people in radio call dead air but i referred to it as a bit of silence so the listener can gather themselves so that was between a couple of the songs that i had and uh the point of my uh bringing this partial part of the conversation is that i i said something funny i said those are two of my favorite things music and silence amen to that but after doing my last couple of uh, podcasts where I featured uh, the music of Ann Videe, I just learned yesterday that she was uh, nominated for the upcoming Grammy Awards. And if you can keep her in, her in prayer, she said that she missed the deadline to uh, submit the, the recommendations from uh, one of her... Uh, her promoters or album labels that actually nominated her 
uh, she had to take care of uh, a family member at the time, but she was able to submit several uh, songs on her own to the Grammy as well, and My Piccolo is one of them. Actually, My Piccolo Violin, and the others are Voicelin and the song A War Zone. And you can find those on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. So don't forget to go to Bongo Boys Records and search for Kids and Cats. So you can hear the various artists on that uh, album as well as Anne Vidi's My Piccolo Violin. So as your lookout guy, I... I am always on the lookout for things that uh, we should all be aware of. And if you're like me, which I'm, I think you are because you're, you're still listening to this, <laughs> I read and listen to and watch so many things throughout the weeks as well as toiling by the sweat of my brow at my job daily, long hours, long weeks. But I still find time to stay on the lookout for things that we should use. Um, I take note of them for future reference. And I'm like, how can I fit all of this in? But this is something that I really felt a, a, a good urge to get out here with no distraction, anything to just get it out and this is from a friend of mine Jeannie Poulton uh, wife of Paul Poulton in the United Kingdom they are both from the Jesus music days if you will and actually there's a new movie out that had uh, all kinds of of uh, founders of the Christian contemporary music but and uh, what it uh, led into Amy Grant, um, the Love Song Band, and and uh, you know Larry Norman. He w actually wasn't in it, but the, Phil Keggy was in it. Uh, but there was a lot not in it. You could only put so much in an hour, I don't know ninety minutes or or so. But they are from that movement from the part of the world that is the United Kingdom. And yes, the United Kingdom was even part of the Jesus movement. So uh, Jeannie and Paul Poulton, they've been friends of mine since at least 2010. So that's uh, 11 years and counting. They have been focused on ministry with a, with, with a, a, a group online called the Living Stones Church on the Internet. And you can go to their YouTube channel it's called Gimme 5 with Genie and Guests Gimme spelt G-I-M-M-E so Gimme 5 go to YouTube and check that out so this is a, a short audio that I'm taking from their YouTube video and their program called The Panel and it is on this episode it is on the modern move of God with uh, Malcolm from the United Kingdom, and then there's Len and Ken from Australia, and they all discuss 
the modern move of God. So I, I really enjoy this. And a brief summary here in the U.S., uh, and I, I suspect that what Malcolm begins with in Europe as well is that we are tending, this is my take on it, we are tending to uh, vigorously fight for our individualism first rather than focusing on our total reliance on God because we fear that without our individual rights, our total reliance on God won't be su uh, sufficient for our, quote, quality of life that our laws are supposed to afford. So ideally, they're supposed to work in tandem. Uh, you know, our, our quality of life, our individualism, along with our total reliance on God. It's, it's supposed to work in tandem. Because at a, at a certain time in history, you know, we said, Give us a king! So, Ken, he was second in the lineup. He brought up some great points about individualism and emerging of the state and church. So, that's a, a, a concept that we're all familiar with. So, we have gone many centuries already building a perfect model, second only to a valid theocracy with God who created the universe as our head and that there just seems to be an ever-present uh, force bent on tearing down the church and it seems it's gaining a, a stronger than ever hold on the world if you look at everything going on around you so and Len then tied it up uh, he, he tied it up very well by saying that uh, we look not to the past but to the future and the underlying, or maybe you could say the overlying uh, theme at work in this uh, panel discussion is that all of us, because time always tells the, the change, you know, within all of us, time always tells our, our change. When we see fellow believers years or decades after meeting them. So we shouldn't worry about other people. The Bible says that to work out your own soul's salvation, right? So we're dealing with each other in, in such a, a different way that a lot of people are, are observing. So the main thing is that God is at work mightily. So I take you into this panel discussion. You can listen to it for yourself. And as my as I see it, these are um, our, our elders in the church. And what they have to offer is absolute gold for our walk in the Lord. So please uh, enjoy this as you listen. It is titled... The Modern Move of God with Jeannie, Ken, Len, and Malcolm. Hello there to you, Ken, Len, and Malcolm. And just before we were recording this, we've just been having a nice catch-up, catch-up, because 
we have known each other since our teens, very early 20s, and here we are, fast forward, who would have thought? But what a blessing you guys were to me in the fellowship years ago, and I so appreciate that. And we had such a blessing uh, in our fellowship in the Barking Elim Church with Pastor Brian Richardson. We really did. And my sister always says, we had a mini revival. And you know what? I think we did looking back. Mm. I really think we mm. did. But thank you for joining me for the panel. And I've got some questions for you this morning. So gentlemen and scholars, we are blessed to have you here this morning. Well, it's 8 a.m. for Malcolm and I, but it's in Australia about 5 p.m. And you're here with us today. So please tell me your thoughts this morning, how the Lord is moving in our world today. And I want to ask that question to you, Malcolm. What's your thoughts? Certainly. Uh, first of all, Jeannie, Good to see you and good morning and gentlemen good afternoon it's good to be with you after uh, quite a, a number of years really yeah, thanks Jeannie think giving quite a bit of thought to this how is God moving uh, globally how is God moving in the world today there are different responses to the gospel uh, according to that part of the world if you look at the stats the statistics in Africa the church is growing uh, significantly, uh, especially sub-Saharan Africa and parts of southern Af Africa, even up to 10% annually. Also in parts of Asia, in China, uh, I can't, I, I'm not sure about Australasia, but I'm sure my learning colleagues will come in there. But certainly in uh, China and uh, within the Middle East, we're hearing reports of Jesus actually appearing to to Muslims. Wow. So in, in that, that, those parts of the world, the church is really growing and there's a real hunger and a real response to the gospel. Uh, if we go across to North America, especially the USA, uh, again, the response is slightly different. There's quite a strong prophetic intercessory uh, prayer movement there. And Americans are always exuberant. They're always positive. So again, they're reflecting on, on the gospel and the church growth. Uh, if we come to Western Europe, and I'm sure we'll get into that, much slower, uh, you might say it's a much uh, more almost atheistic, You would, you, but it's a lot uh, harder, uh, a lot darker uh, world to penetrate. And there, God, and we can open this up, God is moving and working more on individuals, certain individuals are being raised up, and certain church movements. And there's quite a shaking going on within the traditional aspect of, of Western Europe. Uh, but yes, so in terms of the overall picture, it's quite different uh, depending on what part of the world you're in. You, uh, well, I also just add to this, and it's significant, there is an increased persecution. Uh, I'm told, we're told, we understand. <laughs> There is more persecution of Christians and Christian communities, of individuals, of the Christian mind now than ever before. It's much more apparent in, in certain parts of the world where there is actually military and there is uh, harmful action taking place. It's much more subtle, again, in Western Europe and in North America. We, we There are uh, movements which are very 
anti-God, which are very anti-Christ, which are trying to uh, suffocate the gospel. Uh, so there is persecution at the time, at the same time as there is church growth and church movement and church development, there is also persecution. Okay. Uh, Ken, have you got anything to add to that, what Malcolm has just said? I think that was a great um, panoramic sweep of um, what's happening around the world in, in the short time that we have. It's uh, given us a good general uh, impression. Mm. Um, if I can just answer it maybe from a different angle, I, I, I've been reading a little book recently called The Pilgrim Church. Um, I've read it three times, actually. Right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a book about church history. And normally, um, you know, I lecture on church history and, and um, every time I do, I have to apologise to the students and, and just warn them that, it's look, it's pretty depressing. Mm. The history of the church um, is checkered and, and there are flashes of revival and, and, and um, you know, growth and so on. People come into Christ, but um, basically there's a lot of uh, bad stuff that's gone down. And that's what we usually hear in church history, you know, like... Yes merging of the state and the church and uh, the wars and all that kind of thing that went on. But um, this little book written by a man called E.H. Broadbent gives this different view altogether. He's traced the fact that all the way through the history of the church, there's always been a remnant of true believers who just gather together simply uh, around the word of God. They believe in justification by faith. Um, they believe in, you know, adult baptism, believers' baptism, uh, and, and many other things that we hold dear. But but just keeping it simple, and, and yet God has blessed those little groups, and they've multiplied and spread and, and carried the torch in their generation, passed it on to the next generation. And what I would encourage um, anyone listening or watching today or, or when this goes to air is, you know, God... God um, God is building his church, but he, he tends to use small things and the weak things and the broken things. Um, you know, we focus on the big picture and, 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 and those that are grandstanding or, or big noting themselves or whatever, you know, the, the mega churches. That's, that's what gets the headlights. But God is always moving uh, through those who are available to him. Um, you know, anyone that will present themselves to God, um, he will use them in, in their generation and uh, they will be a blessing and uh, they will bear fruit. And so I would, I would encourage people to to um, think of it that way. What, what, what is happening? I mean, that's a good question. What is happening? Because here in Australia, you know, we, we uh, I'm sure it's the same in the UK. We we often have the news, you know, sensationalized. Uh, it becomes it comes across in a dramatic way so that it gets your attention. It's, it usually starts breaking news, you know. Uh, but now they're using this term happening now, happening now. And um, th that's the question you're asking, what's happening now? And um, often people ask that about, the, you know, what's happening in, in the world today? And my answer to that is, you know what, you're happening. If you're a believer in Christ, Christ in you is happening to your generation. Uh, we mustn't feel that we are kind of um, on the defensive uh, you know, hold the fort for I'm coming. We're just hanging in there till Jesus gets back. Um, God has raised us up, placed us in this generation to be a blessing, to be a light. Light happens to darkness. Darkness doesn't happen to light. Salt happens to meat. Meat doesn't happen to salt. And we can go on with those analogies. And so 
what I would say is, hey, look, you know, you are happening. Christ in you is happening today. We are making church history. We are writing church history in our generation today. I know that you're going to go on to talk about is there anything special or unique in our generation, so I'll leave that till then. But um, uh, many things are happening around the world, as Malcolm has just so wonderfully summarised. But I would just bring it back to the individual and say, you know, you're happening because Christ in you is the light of the world to this generation. So stand up and let him be, let him use you and work through you in this day and age. Yeah, that's great. Have you got anything to add to that, Len? Well, I think that was a great answer, Ken. I really do. And I think it brings us back to the, as you said, the individual. Uh, I mean, it's very easy to talk about, and Malcolm mentioned China and Africa and uh, it's it's very easy to Google st- statistics, you know, and look at them. Yeah. And, uh, they say things like, you know, by the year t- uh, 225, there'll be 600 million Christians in Africa. And uh, other stats like there's something like 49%, they say, are now Christian, whereas 42% are Islamists or other things, you know. But statistics, <laughs> well, as they say, there's truth and there's... there's, there's uh, lies and then there's statistics you know that's the trouble statistics can be made to say anything so when i i I love what you said that um it comes down to the individual because the thing about the stats is that they vary so much and when it comes to if we talk about persecution or when we talk about how many people are becoming christians in the world the uh, the stats tell you all different sorts of things but one thing is for sure, and that is this. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No matter how checkered and varied the past is, and I agree with Ken. Uh, yes, ch- church history can be rather depressing. Um, but the good thing about us as Christians is we're not looking to the past. We're looking to the future. We're setting our hopes fully mm. on the grace that's to be given to us at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So... If you were to say to me, if oh, let me illustrate it, how I would see it. Okay. One of the things I've learned in ministry, and, and I'm sure many ministers have, and that is that you can't judge a person, say, five or six years after an event has happened in their lives. They may have fallen or they may have had a weakness in this area or uh, they may have got something dreadfully wrong. Six years later, you can't stand around and say, well, I don't trust them anymore. Because God, as Ken said, is at work in their hearts. And Mm. there's wonderful things going on. And so some of the people I know, not just in ministry, but in in the Christian world, are so different today that you could scarcely recognize them in their early days. And even in, you know, like 10 years after they were saved. But 15, 20 years later, they are being transformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the work of God. That's what he meant by building my church, not only saving people, but transforming people into his image. So, yes, I agree with my two brothers. God is at work mightily, even if we don't see him in our street, down my park, you know, or anywhere where I live. You don't see much action, but there's a mighty work going on because Mm. God says, I will build my church. Jesus said, I will build my church and he will and he is. Yeah, I think they're great answers, all of them, to this question. Does anybody want to add anything to any more? 
perhaps just to add a couple of things there. First, as, as uh, Ken started speaking, I reflected back on what A.W. Tozer said. Yeah. And he said, uh, down the long centuries, the church has been marching with the wind in its face. But we could mm -hmm. add, but yes, but it's still marching. And also to what uh, Len and both Len and Ken said, how God takes the most unlikely individual yes. or even the most unlikely church grouping and does something amazing. Uh, when I've seen and looked, I'm sure we hadn't reflected, thought, my goodness, I would never have thought that could happen with those group of people yeah. or with that person. But God seems mm. to delight in taking, I quote, what did... Uh, can say the weak and the broken. And yes. Len mentioned about how changes are an individual. And God seems to delight in doing that and then producing something quite amazing. Yeah, that's really good points this morning on that question.